people are too caught up in like tactics to get followers or fancy funnel making websites or they're convincing themselves like there's some magic formula to like the words that have to be on the page. In reality, it's a much more comprehensive concept, which is your reputation. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hey, listeners of the podcast, we've put together an exciting community where you can dive deeper into the content of every single episode. And for those of you who join this community from the podcast, we'll give you an access to a course we've just put together worth $500 all yours for free, while we're sending this out to our listeners of the podcast. Simply go to sellingwithlove.com forward slash podcast to be eligible to get this course for free, and we look forward to seeing you in the community. Thanks again for listening, and now, enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Selling With Love podcast. I'm your host, Jason Mark Campbell. Very excited today to have the one and only Rory Vaden, who's going to be joining me talking about the importance and significance of your personal brand as you're going out there, perhaps as a coach, a consultant, small business owner, and you're trying to get attention in a world where we trust each other, maybe not as much as we should as regular human beings. There's a lot of noise out there, but how do we stand out? What power does branding bring to you? What are some of the steps we should be taking to be more powerful in the way that we show up with our brand and be authentic in the process? I'm hoping these are going to be some topics we're going to touch with Rory today. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Rory, he is a New York Times bestselling author of the book, Take the Stairs, amongst other, hit number one on Wall Street, number one USA Today, number one Amazon, and number two on New York Times bestseller, translated into 11 languages. And he has been featured on all the major publications, the Forbes, CNN, Entrepreneur, so much more, has a TEDx talk, 3 million views, and has worked with the likes of Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, Lewis House from the School of Greatness, The Bilious, for those of you who are fans of Impact Theory, and Ed Millett, who's also a major personal brand out there. He's developed dozens of frameworks, some insights, methodologies that help you get viral TED Talks, that help you build your organization, mobilize your sales force, and so much more. Super excited to have him here to share from his company, Brand Builders Group, as well, a bit more around brand building. Rory, welcome to the show. Hi, Jason. Thank you for having me, man. It's really good to meet you. Same to you, man. And I was looking at the accolades, your history, and everything you've worked together. That's amazing. Like, you've been doing amazing work. And I know, you know, Take the Stairs was released 10 years ago, and you've just been on a yeah. <laughs> fascinating journey from productivity, now branding. I'd love to maybe take you to the early stages. Like, you're here doing things excellently. Has that been a trend throughout your life? Were you always on the cutting edge doing something a little different? Give us a bit more of that essence of Rory. Well, thank you for that. I mean, I would describe my career as I study the psychology of influence. So when I think of influence, it's moving people to action. So the art of getting someone, including yourself, to act. So, you know, my early work, Take the Stairs, and then my TED Talk, which is How to Multiply Time, that's what we call level one influence, which is basically self-development, right? Motivating yourself to take action. Then my wife and I started a company in 2006, which was actually a sales training and a sales coaching company. So we grew that to eight figures. We had 200 people on our team, and then we sold that in 2018. And so 
I think of sales as influencing a person, like influencing somebody else. Then a lot of my speaking has been in the area of leadership and entrepreneurship. And that is like influencing a team of people. And then the work that we're doing today, which we call level four influence, is personal branding, which is really influencing a community, is going, how do you create a presence that you know creates a movement, a whole bunch of people to do something? And for entrepreneurs, that means really, how do you become more well-known? And I think the tangible you know part of that is, how do you drive more leads for your business? How do you drive up your fees, right? So as an example, you know, you mentioned some of our clients, Lewis Howes, Ed Milet, you know, Tom Lisa Billu, Eric Thomas, the hip hop preachers. These are people that, you know, we've worked with. And so those kinds of things also drive up your fees. And how do you get these things? So the four levels of influence is what I would describe as like my career arc. We're doing a lot in the space of personal branding. And, you know, Jason, even when people think of personal branding, they tend to think, oh, that's social media, or that's logos and colors, or they might think, oh, that's websites and funnels. And actually, that's not how we think of personal branding at all. We actually define personal branding as simply the digitization of your reputation. The digitization of reputation. So people are too caught up in like, tactics to get followers or fancy funnel making websites, or they're convincing themselves like there's some magic formula to like the words that have to be on the page. In reality, it's a much more comprehensive concept, which is your reputation. That concept has existed since the dawn of time. And that's what personal branding is really about. And it's just that it's coming online, right? And it's going, what are you known for? Who are you known by? What do you want people to say about you when you're not in the room? And that's what we have developed deliberate frameworks to help people craft and understand how to do that. And so there's a number of vehicles, right? So we help people do speaking and create speeches and get on stages and grow their podcasts and grow their social and do funnels and do book launches is one of our big specialties. Like with Ed, we just helped him pre-sell 117,000 copies of his book, including 35,000 units in a single day. And these are mechanisms, but, and I think this is where you and I are aligned is like when you talk about doing it with love, doing it ethically is going, you're not chasing a hack you're chasing reputation. We're playing the long game. Well, I appreciate you bring that because, you know, if you're just looking at the immediate returns, oftentimes I've had conversations where we're being quite impatient with the results we expect from us getting started in business. And particularly at the early stages, it's almost like the cash flow might be something that compromises from you even looking at the long term. But that might bring us to a point where I'd love to see what would example of someone that's actually not doing it right. Because you've seen case studies, I'm sure, of people that might not be understanding this whole personal branding aspect, and it's actually damaging the reputation online. And they could be stand-up people in the physical space, but the moment they showed up online, because they're not using these frameworks, they're not using these tools, they're not aware of exactly what you speak about, they might show up in a way that is off. And I'd love to see if you had an idea of what that would look like so we could recognize that we might be having some of these tendencies, and now we have to realize we need to do better. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say... The risk today is less about damaging your reputation. I mean, if you do something unethical, right, you could certainly risk damaging your reputation. But the more prevalent risk is just being completely unnoticed, is just being completely absorbed in and among the noise, like not being seen, not being heard. 
And I'll say it's frustrating to me, actually, you know, that so many of the people with the most followers are not the smartest people. They're not the most qualified. They don't have the most expertise. They don't have the most experience. They happen to be good at marketing. And I think that's a disservice in many ways to the world. But if you're not willing to understand the mechanics of how it works, then you are the world's best kept secret, which is a horrible thing to be, right? Like imagine if someone had the cure for cancer and they kept it a secret, that would be horrible, right? And so many professional service providers and entrepreneurs, they are that. They deserve to be seen by more people. They are the expert. They have the credibility. You know, they have walked the path, but nobody knows that they are there, particularly in the online world. And so there could be some 17-year-old teenager with a TikTok profile that is teaching people about something you've spent your whole life learning about. And whether we like it or not, that is how it is. And so, it's easy to kind of turn our nose up at them and go, oh, well, you know, that TikTok is stupid, but it's the future of business. In fact, we can look at some data points of a national research study that our team conducted. It was a PhD-led research study. It took well over a year to pull the whole thing together. But, you know, to describe what it is before you get into the data points, one of the frameworks that we refer to is something that we call Sheehan's Wall which we named after one of my colleagues, a friend, a mentor, a guy named Peter Sheehan. And the essence of this concept comes directly from him. And so we named it after him. But if you think of in any industry or any vertical or market, there's two groups of people. There are those who are unknown. They're struggling with obscurity. Not enough people know about them or their business. And then there are people who are known. They have notoriety. They are trusted. They have a lot of reach. They make a lot of impact just because they are in front of a lot of people. And in between those two is a huge invisible wall, which we call Sheehan's Wall. And so what most people do, if they're struggling with obscurity, they're trying to become more well-known, but they're not yet. They're fairly unknown, even though they might be really intelligent and have the credentials, is they look at the people on the other side of the wall and they go, ooh, I want to do the things that they do, right? And so they go... And so what happens is they talk about a lot of topics because they see that Tony Robbins talks about money and relationships and health and spirituality and personal development and business. And Gary Vaynerchuk talks about music and wine and sports and cryptocurrency and, you know, like NFTs. And so they start talking about all these different things. And then they look at all the business models that people have, you know, and they go, oh, you know, you need to have a mastermind or you should launch a book or you should have a coaching program or consulting or speaking or you should do webinars or retreats or summits or conferences. And so they have all these different business models. And then they see all these people on all these different platforms, YouTube and LinkedIn and Clubhouse and Facebook and Twitter and, you know, a podcast and on and on and on. And what happens is they end up bouncing off the wall and they cannot figure out why. And on the surface, it kind of is frustrating because you go, well, I'm doing all the same things that all these people are doing. Like, why isn't working? And the reason is you can't do what they're doing now. You have to do what they did to get there. And what you're not taking account for is that if you have diluted focus, you will get diluted results. 100% of the time, 
every time. If you have diluted focus, you get diluted results. And so you don't have all the resources that those people have. They have hundreds of employees, millions of dollars, right? They have relationships that they have built. It's a completely different universe. And so what happens is you have to figure out what is the one thing, what is the one tiny crack in that wall that you can break through on? What is the one thing that you can do better than anyone else in the world? What is the one thing that you can be known for? And... We call it finding your uniqueness. You have to know what that thing is and you have to laser in on that and then you have to hit it over and over and over and over in that spot. Like, yes, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about everything today, but that's not how he broke through the wall. He broke through the wall talking about one subject, wine, on one platform, YouTube. That's how he broke through the wall. For 20 years, Tony Robbins did one event, Walking on Fire, Personal Development. He had one book, right? Awaken the Giant Within. Like, if you look at even Amazon, Amazon is the best example of this. They literally sell everything. But in the beginning, they sold one product, and nobody even remembers this. They sold one product, books. That was all that they sold, right? You have to figure out what's the one thing you can use to break through the wall. Now, once you're on the other side of the wall, you can start talking about other things because you have, you know, team and you have notoriety and you have credibility, and momentum and relationships and all these things. But the reason that people are bouncing off the wall is they're talking about too many different topics to too many different audiences and too many different locations saying too many different things and trying to make money too many different ways. And there's horrible advice all over the internet. Like one of my favorite examples is multiple streams of income. It is terrible advice. It is the stupidest piece of advice for anybody who is not yet rich. If you look at every person who is rich, like Every single person who is rich, they got it from one source. Even kids who inherited it, they got it from one source. They made all of their money by doing one thing. Now, once you have a lot of money, then you diversify, then multiple streams of income, then you know invest in different places. But you don't need multiple streams of poor performing income. You need one really great stream of income, just like you need one really great message, one really great audience. And I broke through the wall with Take the Stairs, right? And so for 10 years, all I talked about was the psychology of overcoming procrastination. And then that became this book. It was really more like six years. So it was like my first six years. And then, you know, and then the book comes out and hits the New York Times and all that sort of stuff. But like it was one talk, one focus, one subject for six, seven years. And that's how you break through the wall. And so what we do is we help people break through the wall. We help them figure out what is their one thing, their uniqueness, as we call it. And then we just go all in on it. You shared a lot of amazing things in what you just said there. There was two of them I wanted to elaborate a bit more because picking this single idea to a single market is something like going niche, right? It's something you've heard people reinforce. And I think you've made the message quite clear here. But one of the resistances I often hear is, oh, well, I don't want to necessarily be pigeonholed into being that person. And it sounds to me like that might be completely a fallacy because as you mentioned, we don't even remember Amazon's first business model. We just know it for what it is today. Would you agree that that's kind of a unwarranted fear that most people have when they get started? Yeah, I would say it's the opposite. You do want to be pigeonholed. 
the whole goal is to be pigeonholed because I have one of my mentors is a guy named Scott McCain, and he says, mind share precedes market share. And what he means by that is, you know, our brains, people are so busy and overwhelmed with so much stimulus that when you're doing branding, you're trying to occupy a tiny slot in their brain so that when this problem comes up, either for themselves or someone they know, they think of you. That is what a brand is. What do people think of when they think of you? And so you have to be the person. And this is how we get a lot of our clients these days, right? A lot of these big clients, because when somebody goes, I want to launch a book and hit a bestseller list, for whatever reason, we know a lot about that. And so a lot of these celebrity clients, the way we met them is because someone told them, oh, if you are trying to launch a book and you have the dream of hitting a bestseller, nobody knows that better than Brand Builders Group. Right. And so we occupy that small sliver in their mind. They come, we help them achieve that. And then they get introduced to the overall strategy of everything that we do, which is a much bigger picture. So think about this, right? Like if your plumbing is clogged, you need a specific person in a specific moment, and you actually don't care that they're the best person in the world. Like too many of us are worried about being the best in the world. It's like, I just need a plumber. Like when I need a plumber, I need a plumber. Like if there's a flood in the basement, I don't really care to evaluate a hundred of them. I might look at a couple, but it's mostly like, are you qualified? Do you have the basic skills? And can you get over here and solve this problem? And that's how it is in business. And that's why the best piece of personal branding advice I've ever received, this came from a gentleman named Larry Wingett. So this isn't one of my quotes. This is one of his, but he says, the goal is to find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. So what we did is we took that advice and then we started building frameworks out to help people figure out what their uniqueness is. And one of them, our very first one is called the Brand DNA Helix. And it's a six part process that we take people through. Well, the very first part of that six-part process is the genesis of all personal branding. And the genesis, like what is the very first step to building and monetizing a personal brand? And it's simple. You have to answer this one question with one word. What problem do you solve? 99% of personal brands, small businesses, big businesses, companies cannot answer that question. What problem do you solve in one word? And if you can't answer that problem, there's no way your prospects or the market ever will be able to. You do want to be pigeonholed because you want to be the person that people think of when they have that problem. That's what makes you referable. But if you're the jack of all trades, you don't occupy or own a slot in their brain. And so nobody ever calls you. Now, the thing is, is once you're a pigeonholed, you may want to break out of that. But you can because you have the money to do it and you can redefine yourself. You can rebrand and you can go back out to the market and you can tell a different story. Like one of my best friends here he lives down the street from me in Nashville. I mean, literally like right around the corner is a guy named Donald Miller. Donald Miller sold millions of copies of a book called Blue Like Jazz. It was a Christian memoir. And then in like less than two years, he pivoted and built an eight figure company called Story Brand. 
and created the StoryBrand framework in a book that sold a half a million copies, went completely to a complete different genre. But he had the money, the resources, the relationships, and the knowledge to do it. A lot of people don't even think of him in that way, just like people don't even think of Amazon as just books. Nobody thinks of Gary Vaynerchuk as just wine. But that is how you break through the wall. And there's some really great examples of this happening right now in front of our face, but nobody sees it because unless you're studying it for a living like we are. Another great example, another friend of mine lives here in Nashville is Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey has a multi-nine-figure business. So nine figures is 100 million plus. He has a multi-nine-figure personal brand, 1,000 employees, and for 30 years, he has focused on solving one problem, debt. That is his whole brand, is helping people get out of debt. Brene Brown has become one of the most influential people globally in the world. Brene Brown spent her entire career studying one problem, shame. Her entire brand is about shame, helping people overcome shame. Now, can she do other stuff now? Of course she can't. She broke through the wall. She could do whatever she wants. But in the beginning, you want to be pigeonholed. You have to be pigeonholed. If you are not, you are losing because he who chases two rabbits catches neither. You can't win a war on two fronts. And if you have diluted focus, you get diluted results. Amen, Rory. That is some reminder. I think that's a strong, strong advice for people to really take seriously. And I think you communicated with enough passion for people to take that very seriously. And I want to ask another question that's related to this, because we're talking about once you've broken the wall, there's a lot of things that are working your way, including the financial abundance to be able to expand. And I just wanted to know if you happen to be sitting on a lot of money, does that mean you get to afford to skip those first steps? Or do people often get themselves trapped if they have a lot of money, they decide to spend it to do a ton of things around building their personal brand and skip the pigeonholing phase or that initial phase? Well, I mean, money compresses time for sure. It does. And one of the best ways that it does is when you are hiring expertise, right? So our education is extremely affordable. Working with me one-on-one -on -one in a room for two days is extremely expensive. So if you have money, you have that opportunity. But whether you're doing it with me in a room or you're doing it through you know, some of our self-study or with one of our coaches, it's going to massively compress the time right? Like even just this podcast, if you actually follow this advice, it will shave 10 years off of your journey, right? Now it's taken us 20 years to learn it ourselves and figure it out and test it because this is all that we do. So money does compress time in the sense that you can get things done, right? Somebody has to do the work, but it doesn't always have to be you. So if you have money, you can hire people to do the work. You can get website, you can get copy written, you can get graphics designed, you can get in pages built, you can get marketing automation installed, you can buy advertising, right? You can force your reach. But at the same time, money often amplifies mistakes because if you spend money doing the wrong thing, you're just going to fail faster and bigger. And that happens all the time with startup companies that raise all of this crazy like angel funding and private equity money and stuff and they just burn it through like you know the we crash my wife and i just watched i think it's on apple tv about we work 
and it's an amazing documentary about how they had all this money and they just blew it on everything because it wasn't really substantive. It wasn't really there. So you're just accelerating your crash and burn. So you cannot skip the steps. Excellence is never an accident. You never accidentally figure it out. And so money can certainly compress time, but it doesn't mean you can skip steps. It just means that you might not have to be the one to do the steps because you can pay other people to do the steps for you, including going through the pain of doing it the wrong way and learning it and then teaching it to you, which is what coaching and consulting is all about. And that's what we do is we advise exclusively. And by the way, we work exclusively with personal brands. We are even at this point very niche down. We don't work with companies. If Google calls and says, will you help us with our branding? The answer is no. It's not what we do. If one of the executives calls and says, hey, we want to make this executive have a higher profile in the public market, we go, there's no one better in the world than us. But like, that's an example of the distinction and just being clear. So money does things faster But if you do it wrong, it means you're failing faster. If you do it right, you're definitely going to succeed faster. Fantastic. Rory, I wanted to bring this to a close because this is such a fascinating topic, especially when we talk about this idea of a wall, which, you know, is standing in the way within wanting to reach what you've seen as the people that have these amazing personal brands. Is there a moment, a metric or something that tells you, oh, I just crossed that wall or I'm getting close to it or there's a shift happening. How does someone become aware of that transformation? That's a great question, Jason. So it's actually really simple. When you're on the obscurity side of the wall, everything is push. It's fight, it's hustle, it's claw, it's scrape, it's making outbound calls, it's working referrals, it's networking. It is all push and it's a dog fight, right? When you break through the wall, everything is pull. Everything is coming at you. All these opportunities, right? Like Ed Milet's got TV deals and radio deals and merchandise and like everybody wants him to speak and everybody wants him on his podcast, right? So it actually creates a whole wave of new problems once you're on the other side of the wall, ironically, which is still about focus. So both of them, what they both have in common is still focus and dilution is the cause of failure, like distraction, is the reason why people fail. But that's how you know. It's like, is it push or is it pull, right? And most of our clients are on the push side, right? Only 5% of our clients are the ones we're talking about here because you've heard of them. They have a whole different set of problems than 95% of our clients who are on the obscurity side. They're trying to break through the wall. But like one of our clients, Jennifer Cohen, she hired us to help her with her TED Talk, followed our formula verbatim, specifically, So, you know, obviously my TED talk went viral well. She followed the formula. She got over 3 million views in like 18 months, changed her life. She got a deal with Entrepreneur Magazine. So now she hosts this huge podcast that led to a book deal. She's got her first book coming out. One of our clients is a guy named Anton Gunn. He was making $100,000 a year. Three years later, he's making seven figures a year. We have multiple examples of people like that because we help them find their uniqueness. And by the way, if you buy into the concept and you go, man, I really believe I am the expert, I have the experience, and you're what we call a mission-driven messenger, which we can talk about in a second, but you're struggling to go, how do I become more well-known? I'm not as good with reach. I don't really know exactly how to position myself in that one little hole. If you go to freecall.roryvaden.com, freecall.roryvaden.com, 
You can actually request a call and talk to one of our coaches for free. So we are a human-based company. We talk to people and we got a team of people who will actually do a call with you. They'll understand your vision, hear a little bit about your past, and then they'll kind of guide you through like, they'll show you what our entire process looks like. And then if you're a fit that we could help you, we'll talk about that. If not, we'll point you somewhere else. But until you get clear, right, there's no chance of you breaking through the wall. Because if you're not clear, there's no way you could ever be clear to the marketplace. And so that's what people are really, really struggling with the most. Rory, thank you so much for coming here. And I just want to recap for everybody here that we just had an amazing conversation about the importance of your personal brand, this massive difference between being in this push side, this obscurity side of the wall, and why your activities are going to be very different. And I think we reinforce quite strongly throughout this call how you need to actually become focused. You want to be pigeonholed. You want to narrow down what is it you speak about, who you speak to, and become world-class at that. And I think once you're actually doing these activities and you're laser-focused on this is actually what's going to get you to a point where things will start coming towards you. Now, what I love what Rory mentioned about being on the other side of the wall is, again, focus being a huge, huge part of the journey on each side of that wall. We want to stay focused. We want to stay productive. And we're going to be going out there building our personal brand, which is the best way for us to get more attention, to be able to build trust, to build our companies. It starts with the personal brand. It has so much importance today. And I think the brand builders group here is doing a fantastic job. Funny enough, I was just mentioning to any of you who is on my email list on how we live in a great age where so many companies are offering free value and free calls, yet we still hesitate to jump on that call. And I find that a shame for any of you who have just listened to this opportunity to have a conversation around personal brand, and you know you're going to be getting some free advice. Perhaps you're going to be introduced to some fantastic services. You owe it to yourself to take massive action on what you heard today. If you resonate with what Rory's doing, and it actually is going to solve the problem that you have, which is the first thing we need to know is what problems we solve within our own business then I would urge you to actually take advantage of that call. Rory, thank you so much for coming here, sharing with us. I also love to ask one question before I let guests go. You are on the Selling with Love podcast. What does selling with love mean to you? Yeah, well, thank you, Jason. I really appreciate that. And freecall.roryvaden.com, again, it's just that URL. But to me, whether you're selling one-on-one or you're building your personal brand or your service, I'll answer your question also in a way that ties together. If there is a shortcut to finding your uniqueness, what we didn't know when we started the company, but now after working with more than 600 people, we have found this to be true. This is the shortcut. It is realizing you are always most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. You're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. So selling with love means looking back to somebody who is struggling right now with something that you have already been through. They are hurting. They are in pain. They are battling. They are trying to find a path that you have already walked down. And so the question is asking yourself, what challenge have you conquered? What obstacle have you overcome? What setback have you survived? Because whatever that is, is the divine orchestration of what your life's purpose is meant to do. Not just to sell, but to sell with love and to fill the full expression of who you're supposed to be, which is in service to another person who is out there. And that person needs you right now way more than you need them. 
So remember that you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. And if you're doing that, you will be selling with love. Amen, Rory. I love that way you express it. I think it hits the nail on the head, the ethos. You've understood the assignment, and this was a great conversation. Rory, thank you so much for your time. And all you listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, keep selling with love. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. 